Great Tuesday hiatus. We are back with fantasy baseball today on Wednesday. What up, everybody? Pitchers, hitters, isn't that what we do every show? I guess it's not quite that, that great of a tease. Uh, look at wow. some. Uh, this is the September intro, if I've yeah. ever heard one. Pitchers, hitters, baseball, fantasy baseball. Uh, Scott's bold predictions for 2018. Gonna look at that article. He wrote 30 of them. Going to pick a oh, few yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah, I did that like a month ago though, so. I picked way ones, to keep up, Adam. I, th- I know, I know, but I picked the ones that I think are still, re- still relevant and still apply. Okay. Um, yeah, they and- should be still relevant considering 2017 isn't over yet and it's predicting 2018. I should hope they're relevant. Yeah, uh, they, they certainly are. It's a good read. Google it. And, uh, yeah, that's, you know how you know how we do it here. We'll preview tonight's matchups and also Thursday's matchups since we will not be back until Friday. Then we will do a show on Monday, and that will be it for the 2017 season. However, we will be here once a week during the off season to give you fantasy baseball content. So once a, after Friday, once a week going forward. Scott, I've got spirit. Yes, I do. I've got spirit. How about you rocking the CBS Sports t-shirt today? I am. I am. Do you want to know the whole thought process behind why I'm wearing it? Well, I very rarely see you in a t-shirt, so yeah, sure. <laughs> at work. Yeah. In your bedroom, yeah. on the other hand. Because I, I don't think you. anybody would care if I showed up with a t-shirt here. There would be a pretty lax dress code, but yeah. I don't feel right about wearing a t-shirt to work most days. Uh, but since it is CBS Sports, uh, the company issued t-shirt, I, I feel like it's acceptable. And the reason <laughs> I did it is because I want to wear I want to be wearing certain shoes when my wife goes into labor because foot comfort I learned the first time around is very important. Oh, really? You're on your feet for hours at a time. And uh, I don't think certain shirts look very good with my sneakers, but T-shirts always do. So I'm going to keep it cash here this week, Adam, because I am on call. It could happen mid-podcast. We might not make it a full hour this time. Wait, are you telling me that if your wife goes into labor, you would actually leave the podcast early? Oh yeah, I'm out of here. Wow. Oh, I don't like that. But I do like, <laughs> I do like Matt Olson, Scott White. 63% owned. This is the most amazing stat. Not to me that, that he's homered in five straight games. It's not that. It's that he has 23 home runs and two doubles in 55 games. Mm. The only hits that this man gets are home runs. Matt Olson, uh, obviously I he's- think Matt Christopher wrote a book about that the I, kid who only hit homers i think that's what it's called i don't know that book oh matt christopher you didn't you didn't uh in your youthful days you didn't frequent the matt christopher section of the school library no i did not hmm. okay uh, but I will, I will check it out tonight. Would you like me to read that book? I'm not going to read it. I'm never going to read it. Uh, most of them aren't that great. Matt Olson. Obviously, you need to own him now. You need to start him now. Get him in your lineup some way, somehow. What about next year? How are you going to feel about Matt Olson? So somebody asked me where I draft him, and I haven't gone through the rankings enough to be sure, but I'm thinking the round to 12, round 12 to 15 range for Matt Olson. He's dual eligible right now, first base and outfield, but next year it'll be just first base. Obviously, that's a deep position. I have at least ranked 12 deep at first base, and he's uh, outside of that group. But um, he will be in that 12 to 20 range at a deep position because, I mean, the power, there, there's no questioning the power. He's the first player other than Giancarlo Stanton in, in all of history to hit 20 homers in both 
the minors and the majors in the same season. Um, so that's a cool wow. stat. He's up to <laughs> 45 now, I think, between the two. And we know he could hit for power. Uh, they, but I've been yeah. impressed by the way he's improved his strikeout rate. Right, yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. And the walk-to-strikeout rate's not bad for uh, for Olsen. Yeah. 21 walks, 55 strikeouts for he's a He's not hitter. Joey Gallo with the strikeouts. He's not even Aaron Judge with the strikeouts. He does strike out, but it's more Cody Bellinger-like. And I think that's uh, – I, I think the ceiling, him and Bellinger, might be closer than a lot of people are giving it credit for. Now – I'm going to have Bellinger as my fifth first baseman, so I will be among those not giving it that much credit. But, you know, Olsen's going to be the one who might show up on my sleepers list next year while Bellinger's not going to qualify for that. No, but you do think, bold prediction in your column, that Bellinger is going to basically destroy Aaron Judge in fantasy baseball next year. That's a little strong. I think I worded it he's going to distance himself from – uh from Aaron Judge, when right now Aaron Judge has the better chance of being a league MVP. But yeah, I think, kind of like Olsen, Bellinger has cut down on the strikeouts as the season has gone on, while Judge certainly hasn't done that. And Bellinger's rate was better to begin with, and I just think with Bellinger's, um, you know, his, his swing is just geared for power. He's among the, the top Fly ball hitters in the majors among the top hard hit percentage. I mean, you, you combine those two, you're talking a ton of home runs for a guy who's only 22. So yeah, I think Bellinger, um, Bellinger will be the one in the MVP discussion next year. Uh, fine. All right. Whatever. Uh, any standouts from Tuesday's or Monday's game, Scott White? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, Depends how much you want them to stand out by, but have we talked about Nicholas Castellanos enough? No, uh, we have. He's seventy-one percent owned, and he is batting three eighty-five with eight home runs in his last twenty-six games. A seven fifty slugging percentage. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was a long time coming because he had a very high line rate, drive rate, a very hard high hard contact rate according to fan graphs, and um, it just wasn't showing in the numbers until this surge here at the end of the season. I think he's in the top 12 third baseman in points leagues now for the season because he's been so hot and still widely available. He was in my top 10 sleeper hitters for this past week. Might wind up there and again if I'm the one around to write it uh, for the final week <laughs> of the season. So he's among the standouts. Uh, Justin Bohr. I think somebody who might give Matt Olson a run in the first base rankings next year, the way he's come back, two, four straight two-hit games and uh, 361 in 10 games since returning from the DL. And I even feel like Jose Reyes is back to being mixed league relevant, as hot as he's been. Last 24 games, 356 batting average, five home runs, nine steals, again in 24 games, a one-to-one strikeout-to-walk ratio, um, and Jose, that's Jose Reyes at his best. He, he's, he's not a standout in anything, but he's good at everything. And some of the bad at ball data before he got hot here suggested he was due for a correction himself. All right. So Castellanos again, 71% owned. Reyes is another guy you can pick up. I'll give some more hitters to Scott. He'll tell us how he feels about them and whether or not he can rely on them. But, you know, Castellanos and Olsen are guys that you could be utilitying right now. Utilitying right now. Um, just get them in your lineup somehow. 
Uh, all right, news and notes for you. Corey Seager's going to have to play through an elbow injury, Scott. They think that actually resting might be counterproductive. They want him to stay stay loose, stay warm. Uh, are you concerned about starting Corey Seager? Like, should the Corey Seager owner be picking up Jose Reyes? Hmm. It's not. It's not a wild idea. I mean, there really are no wild ideas this time of year, especially when you're talking about it in a weekly league. One more lineup lock, assuming your league even counts the last week. And um, you know, if there's any threat of a player potentially missing a game, I know they're saying he's not going to have another off day, but it seems like the pain could get bad enough to kind of change that plan. So. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy. I might do that race instead of Seager the final week. All right, well, obviously we have time to figure that one out. Jose Ramirez back in the lineup. Adam Wainwright's back, but he's going to pitch out of the bullpen. Daniel Murphy was scratched on Tuesday. He's expected to play today. Miguel Sano, unlikely to uh, return in the regular season. Danny Salazar is going to start Thursday against the... California Angels of Los Angeles and Anaheim. Would you? Do you know what that means, Adam? What? No two starts for Clevenger. Oh no! <laughs> Maybe next week. Maybe. Uh, that sucks. Actually, I'd prefer that. Uh, you got a good start from Clevenger last night, though, so at least you can be happy. You're going to start Danny Salazar tomorrow against the Angels. No. <laughs> no, he's he's one eight hundred prove it all the way. How about Jake Arietta tomorrow? He's going to start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Starter yeah. sit. They will be facing. Um, maybe not 1-800 prove it, but like 1-888 prove it. At I the Brewers. Know. Big game at the Brewers. Yeah, it's a big game, but um, no, I don't trust, especially trust him to go deep. And I'm, I'm always a little hesitant with pitchers back from injury unless they're, you know, Clayton Kershaw or something. And Arietta hasn't been that this year. He was really good though before. He was good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was good, but um, for a while, little little outside of the ace class of pitchers. All right. Uh, even though Sam Dyson has done well for the Giants this year, they are going to. Their goal is to have Mark Melanson be their closer next year. He'll be recovering from surgery, not major surgery, but surgery nonetheless. Uh, Ender Enciarte's day to day with a sore thumb and a couple of baseball notes. We are now in. Um, we are oh oh three baseball notes. We've already broken the home run record for a single season with about a week and a half to go. Oh, for the for all of baseball. For all of baseball. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this season could become the third season in baseball history without a twenty-game winner, excluding strike shortens shortened seasons. It hmm. seems very unlikely that's going to happen. In fact, Kershaw is the only one who had a chance. And he may have had to have, who, to win the game he pitched on Monday, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he only has two starts left, and he's at 17. Yep. So we are not going to have a 20-game winner. Yep. Third time in baseball history, but they've been more recent. Third time excluding strike-shortened seasons. And, I'm surprised it's that few. I was, yeah. Maybe I was including the strike-shortened seasons. Yeah. Then it's like six or something. Head. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And how about this, Scott White? I forgot. Completely forgot, did you, that home field advantage is determined by best record now in the World Series? Um, I hadn't given it much thought. Maybe I would have forgotten if somebody asked me, but probably not. I knew it wasn't an all-star game anymore. 
Yeah, so because like the Indians are ninety four and fifty seven, the Dodgers are ninety six and fifty five, so they're two games back of the Dodgers now. The Indians for the best record in baseball. Wouldn't you know? They're a game and a half up on the Houston Astros and well ahead of the Red Sox. So fun races right now. I mean, a big big series like we mentioned in uh, in Milwaukee this weekend. Cubs up three and a half games. This is Milwaukee's only chance to win the division, but they are right behind Colorado. I think they're a game out now of the wild card, of the second wild card. Pretty awesome. Uh, and meanwhile, the Angels are right behind the Twins looking for the second wild card, and the Yankees still within striking distance, three games out of the Red Sox as we get play underway here on Wednesday. Uh, those teams, by the way, the Red Sox and the Yankees are, are playing great lately. Uh, all right, let's talk about some hitters, Scott White. Your level of confidence in these guys for the last week and a half. Doming- Domingo Santana. Ooh, do you want to add him? Domingo. There you oh. go. Are you doing a whole list or? Yeah, you know, we'll go one by one. Domingo okay. Santana, seven game hitting streak. Not amazing, but 11 for 29, two homers, two doubles. I think a steal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. My level of confidence is... Um, I don't know. I, I I don't think he'd be a high priority in a three outfielder league, but I would be okay starting him there too. I don't know if we're looking for an arbitrary number between one and ten or. No, uh, I, I decided not to do the faith meter. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not un, I'm not unconfident in. Uh, is that a word? Unconfident. I don't. Th- I am not confident that that is a word. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. Uh, no. No, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It, it is I've a word. It. it is a word. You nailed it. All right. All right. So you're not that confident in Domingo Santana, but you're but not, not unconfident. unconfident in Domingo Santana. Okay. Aaron Altair homered in two straight games, 41% owned since coming off the DL, only batting 179. So that's since September 9th, but uh, maybe coming out of it a little bit. Aaron Altair. Yeah, this is pretty low because uh, first of all, he hit the first ever grand slam off Clayton Kershaw. Um, that was on Monday, wow. first ever in Kershaw's career. So that was cool. But Altair's been the one who has suffered the, from uh, the Phillies' refusal to outright remove Tommy Joseph from the lineup. Obviously, Reese Hoskins is playing every day, but he's still been bouncing between first and the outfield with Altair the one sitting out most often. So my confidence is pretty low from a mi- mixed-league perspective. Justin Bohr, four straight two-hit games for Justin Bohr, 62% owned. He has a home run and two doubles in that stretch. It's still not clear how likely the Marlins are to sit him against left-handers because they did sit him against one very soon after he came off the DL, but they faced nothing but righties since then. Uh, but considering he was an everyday player before going on the DL, I feel pretty good about him. Not... I'd be more likely to to uh, to start Santana, but they're in about the same range of confidence for me. For Justin Bohr and Domingo Santana. All right, Ryan Braun, is he a must-start again? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I've been ranking players for next year, and he's a tricky one to rank. He is in my top 24 outfielders for next year, but not very high. Uh, Nick Castellanos, we talked about a lot of confidence in him. And then Jacoby Ellsbury, 33% owned. In his last 33 games, Ellsbury has a 337 batting average, 443 on base, 551 slugging percentage. Uh, you know, not a ton of power, but six steals, including two on Monday, 
370 Babbitt with the 337 batting average. Ellsbury's 33% owned. Yeah, my confidence in him's pretty low. Um, because I feel like it's basically a hot streak from a guy who doesn't have power in an era where everybody has power. You're really counting on him, you know, continuing to pile up hits at this rate, a rate that's unsustainable. And I just don't, I don't have a lot of confidence in that. That's Ellsbury. I'm going to add one more hitter here, but first I forgot to give a note that Billy Hamilton is off the DL. It's not clear. When he's going to get back in the lineup, they might use him as a pinch runner initially, but Billy Hamilton is off the DL. Kyle Schwarber is 77% owned. He's homered four times in his last seven games. Two in a row. Uh, we have been lately very slow to buy into Schwarber, and it's been the right call because he'll hit a couple home runs and then he'll disappear for a while. Mm-hmm. You feeling the same way this time about the Schwarbs? Still feeling that way about Schwarby. Mm-hmm. Schwarby McGee. Mm. All right. Don't rush to pick up Kyle Schwarber. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk pitchers in just one second. But if you were a pitcher, if you were a major league pitcher and you had to wear a lot of suits, you'd want a very nice suit. And you'd have to go to Indochino because they'll give you the, the suit that you want. And you know what? The good thing is I just read the, the uh, terms of service, you don't have to be a major league pitcher to get an Indochino suit. No, seriously. I love my Indochino suit. And I'm telling you, you know, you're a grown man. You need yourself a grown man suit. It's really important. You got to look good. You got to feel good. You got to enjoy putting on clothes. You got to enjoy putting on a suit. You get this confidence when you put on an Indochino suit that fits you perfectly. It's got your monogram on it. You designed every detail of it. I actually wore my Indochino suit on Saturday to a baptism. We had lunch afterwards. And uh, my wife's brothers, my brother-in-laws, uh, they were like, wow, that's a really nice brother's-in-law. My, That's a really nice suit. They were complimenting it. Let me see it. Let me take a look. Uh, and then one of them said, you know what? I'm going to go to Indochino. And I think all of you should. Indochino.com. Use the promo code FBT at checkout. You will get any premium suit for $379. Sounds like a lot. That's not a lot for a premium suit like this. FBT at checkout. 50% off. Free shipping. Again, go to Indochino.com. Free shipping and 50% off with the promo code FBT. Please use Indochino. I I think you will really love it. You won't regret it. You need a suit like this. Go ahead and get it at Indochino. Promo code FBT. Scott, I bought something else recently. I want to know. did you? Yeah, yeah. I want to know your thoughts. Okay. What would you be rooting for? So I'll I'll phrase Nobody wants to hear about the Yankees. Let's hear about the Braves. Let's say the Braves were basically a lock to play a home wild card game. Okay, they're oh, basically keep dreaming. Well, let's say they were. They were the lock for the four seed. They were going to host the wild card game. But and you got tickets last night. You got two tickets. And you're fired up. Yeah. But they're three games out of the division. What are you rooting for? Are you rooting for being able to attend this winner take all? Awesome wild card game, which by the way I did two years ago, which was a lot of fun. Or get your money back, don't go to the game, but hey, they're in the playoffs, they don't have to worry about this stinking wild card game. I will say the latter. Yeah, yeah, me too. The latter. <laughs> As too. I get older, the thrill of being in person for a game diminishes. Now, granted, a playoff scenario is very different, and those my best memories of going to games. Fortunately, I have uh, a lot of them since the Braves went to the playoffs so often in my younger years. 
But um, those are my favorite memories of going to games, man. Some really exciting times. Oh, but, amazing. But it's, you know, still. You, will, will you have a shot to go if if they if they advance further into the playoffs? Well, yeah, I mean, I should have just bought tickets to other games, but I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. Because there was a pre-sale yesterday, so I was able to get them for, like, face value, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's a Tuesday night, which is perfect for me because, you know, it doesn't interfere with football oh, season so at all. it's convenient. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're one of those fans who... Well, I can't go on Sunday. It's convenient. I can't go, no, I can't go on Thursday. I can't go on Saturday because I, cause I got a radio show on Saturday night. I can't go on uh-huh. Sunday because of football. I can't go on Monday. So that leaves me Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Happens to be a Tuesday. I, I look, I'll tell you, I went to the wild card game two years ago where they faced, faced uh, Dallas Keiko lost three nothing and it was buzzing, you know, and it's like Yankee Stadium crowds. They're kind of lame. Uh, I think that's it's kind of spoiled. They're better now. The team's more fun. But that was really yeah. cool, and I'm excited. And I, and I got a ticket for for my wife. I'm excited to take her to the game. So yeah, I'd like for them to uh, not have to worry about the stinking one game thing. But it'll be fun to go. Go, go. Hooray for baseball! All right, pitchers, pitchers, Scott. The good, the meh, the bad, and the ugly. Just like the good, the bad, and the ugly, but we have the meh. Here are the good from the last two days. You tell me if you trust them in their next start. Chris Archer. Six innings, two runs, six Ks against the Cubs. He'll either be at Baltimore this weekend or he could get two starts next week. Didn't so much trust him going into this start. I trust him coming out of it. Uh, looked more like himself after that three-start stretch where he was affected by the forearm injury. 14 swinging strikes in this game, which is a very good sign. So, yes, I trust Archer going forward. You uh, Darvish. You Darvish, uh, seven scoreless innings at San Francisco two starts ago. Five and a third, one unearned run, seven strikeouts at Philadelphia. And he's a must start now, right, you Darvish? Yeah. Yeah, two starts of looking more like himself. And I, unlike Archer, I'd never really gotten to the point where I was benching Darvish anyway. I'll give you one scenario, though. If he makes two starts this week, if he makes a second start, which you don't think he will? No, I don't think he will. All right, well, that would actually be a good thing. Because that would mean that he he would face... The Rockies on the road next week in a one-start week. Whereas, if he doesn't start this week, if they push Darvish back, he'll face the Giants at home. Uh, no, no, no. I don't, uh, San Diego at home next week. Okay. And then maybe at Colorado as a second start. I don't know what San Diego keeps doing to these Diamondback pitchers. (laughs) Like, (laughs) right? Every good Diamondback pitcher, Diamondback Pitcher saves his worst for the Padres. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. But Darvish, you should probably root for him not to pitch this weekend so he won't get a one-start week at Coors next week. Uh Kevin Gossman. You know, look, he's got some clunkers in there, but his last 12 starts, he's got a 226 ERA, and he shut out the Red Sox over eight innings. So is he a must-start, Kevin Gossman? I mean... Who doesn't have some clunkers during a 12-start span if the end result is a 226 ERA? Yeah, yeah, I this was against the Red Sox. I think Gosman has cemented himself as a must-start pitcher down the stretch. How about Mike Leake? He's got a 2.13 ERA and four starts for the Mariners, and I think he'll either have Cleveland this weekend, Mike Leake, or he'll be at Oakland and at the Angels next week. Yeah, I think he's he he was supposed to get two starts. He was actually the cover boy. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, a two-start. Pitcher rankings this week, so 
Um, I don't, I want to hold on to him for one start week, assuming he does make the start this weekend. Was the, was the headline take a leak? <laughs> no, it wasn't. I want it to be every time, every time Mike, Mike, uh, every time Mike Leak is the cover board boy, man, mm-hmm. can't get that sentence out. No. I want, I want that to be the headline. Yes. Of course. I don't know that you have to drop Leak like at the Angels next week. Pitching away he's pitching. See, I still don't have a lot of trust in Mike Leak is the thing. I was willing to extend that trust for the two start week, but if it's just one, no, it's, it's too dangerous. All right. CC Sabathia has been pitching pretty well lately. He'll either have Kansas City or Tampa Bay next week. Can you mm. start him? Might even have a two-star week. Yeah. I mean, if it's will. two starts, he'll probably be a two-start sleeper next week. But, I mean, one start, he's he's not really mixed league material with one start. Even though he's pitched well lately, I know. Uh, it's it's again a a matter of trust and in Sabathia's case specifically, not always pitching deep into games. Yeah, I think he will be a two star pitcher next week. Uh it would be probably Kansas City on Monday. That's a makeup game. And then I don't remember who Well they have a six man rotation right now, right? Um I don't know. It depends if Jordan Montgomery's gonna start again. But uh they could go say, but, but I think they have seven games next week, and he'd be lined up for Monday. Okay. Um. Also, yeah. Also, yeah. There's a lot that goes into it because they might have to, like Severino, right now is pitching yeah. today. Severino is lined up to make two starts next week, with one of them being the final game of this. The season ends on Sunday, right? Well, wait. If it's a six-man rotation, then. I don't know that yeah. it is a six-man rotation. Basically, the reason they pitched Severino today, Scott, uh-huh. was so he could make three starts rest of season. Okay. Just in case they have a chance to catch the Red Sox. Okay. But if they don't have a chance to catch the Red Sox, it is basically a certainty Severino will not make that second start next week, that third start overall, and he will be saved for Tuesday for the wild card game. Right, right. And and there's a chance they're playing for nothing next Sunday. Right. You know, even. Division aside, they're not playing for anything at all. They, they've already clinched the, the number one wild card. They can't win the division. Um, then I don't know if Sabathia starts Sunday either. If he does, it might be like two innings or whatever. Right, right. you're right. A lot, a lot of goes in there. All right, Lucas Giolito was in the good. Two runs at Houston, only three strikeouts. Apparently fastball, fastball velocity was down. He threw his change up a lot and did well. Uh, do you trust Giolito next time out? I think trust is putting it too strong for Giolito. Um, and I think this was supposed to be a two-start week for him. So we're talking one start next week. Uh, and even if it's a daily league, you know, I'm not, I don't know that I'm ready to go with him on a start-by-start basis. He's been better than I thought he'd be coming up from the minors, but only one of his six starts has he had even a strikeout per inning. The rest have all been less than that, only three strikeouts in this one. So I think there's still a lot of questions to answer. Colin McHugh. You very distracted, Adam. The Yankees are on. Uh, I'm paying attention. I'm just watching, yeah. I'm just watching baseball. That's what we do. That's well, our you're job. You're just proving my you're only a fan when it's convenient theory because that, this is not at all convenient. In fact, it's kind of rude. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't you need rude. to know what's going on? I haven't missed a beat. <laughs> all right. Colin McHugh, uh, f- came back from the fingernail thing. 
and five innings, one run uh, against the White Sox, gets the Angels this weekend, or two starts next week at Texas and at Boston. Yeah, it was a good start for McHugh. Um, and he got, for, for pitching only five innings, he had uh, 15 swinging strikes, one of his best starts like that this year. I'm still interested in seeing over the long haul with the addition of this slider. It's the Brad Peacock slider, the the, the pitch that took Peacock over the top, what it means for McHugh in the long run. Um, but I think with those matchups, it's going to depend – you know, if he's two starts next week, great. If he only ends up making one, you know, probably not. All right, it's Colin McHugh. Mike Montgomery, not even certain that he'll make another start, but he had a great – I feel – by the way, if you're the listener who emailed me and asked if you should start Mike Montgomery, I said no. I'm very sorry. I felt really bad. Uh, <laughs> he dominated the Rays. He had been pitching very poorly, uh, and he'll yeah. he'll be either be at Milwaukee this weekend, or maybe he pitches at St. Louis next week. Maybe he gets two starts. But how much? It's not clear he'll make even one right, start, right? Because right, no. he had been out of the rotation. Absolutely. For, yeah. Actually, and now Arietta's coming back, so yeah, I would bank on Montgomery not even making another. This, this is why some leagues just don't even count that last week because <laughs> there's a lot of guessing, and 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 it's guessing, you know. A guy might not appear at all, or he might, you know, that, mm-hmm. that level of guessing, which is very dangerous. Um, I still like to include the last week, but I understand why some leagues don't. So bottom line, Montgomery, not someone you should go rush out and get. Uh, Jaime Garcia. Jaime Garcia, any trust in him? No. Martin Perez. No, that's going to come crashing down in an Andrew Kashner kind of way. Brent Suter. I like him, but I don't trust him. I mean, he's still he's still building up his pitch count after um, being sidelined by an injury for a while. Suter is facing the Cubs this weekend. Yeah, in theory, no, not not doing that. I don't know that he is actually because I think they're going bullpen today, so he might be pushed to next week. And when I say I like Suter, it's more of a heart thing than a head thing to begin with. I like him because he's. A, a guy who's like throwing it in the eighties in an era where nobody does that anymore. And he's been pretty good with it. So I want him to do well. I'm working on a really bad joke right now with his last name. Um, it's something like, will you be a suitor suitor? Why did the girl drop Brent from her fantasy lineup? He just didn't suit her. You know, I really, <laughs> Thank you. Scott saves the day with Nick's Madness. Uh, Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta was very good against the Dodgers on Monday. Looks like he's lined up to face the Braves. Whether you can trust the ball to hit the sun this weekend. Nick Pavetta. <laughs> Don't trust him. All right. Don't trust him at all. All right. That was the good. There was a lot of good. How about the meh? Johnny Cueto. Four walks, but two runs That's against the Padres, six strikeouts. He was meh. You trust Cueto? He was meh by his own standards, but... um ah, 11 base runners and six and two-thirds. All right. All right. Gets the Padres. You no know, meh is a word that's basically credited to the Simpsons. Really? Which is interesting, because I had always associated it with the, with the Simpsons, and I found... uh Little searching online, then I'm not the only one who does. That's interesting. They popularized it. Good for them. We just, uh, my friends and I, we just named our group text 
bring back Sheriff Lobo. Ah. Yeah. I don't remember Sheriff Lobo. Sorry. Oh, wait, you don't remember the bring back Sheriff Lobo moment from The Simpsons? No. Oh, my God. You remember the Bobo episode where Mr. Burns needs his bear, Bobo? Yes. He's, he's the episode basically begins with him having a, uh, like a nightmare and he wakes up and he goes, Bobo, Bobo, Bobo. And, uh, Smithers goes, sir, who's Bobo? And he says, oh, I was saying Lobo, bring back Sheriff Lobo. And then they cut to the next <laughs> scene and Homer's having a nightmare and he's going, Lobo, Lobo, bring back Sheriff Lobo. Like he's legitimately having that nightmare. This is very funny. Yeah. Great scene. Great episode. Uh, how about you trust Quato right now? Cause I don't think we trusted him that much going into the week. By the way, yeah, can, he was can, coming off a dreadful start. Can by you any all, uh, can you all tell that it's week 25 right now? Like, boy, am I goofy today. Quato, um, go ahead. You don't even have a mixer next to you. Uh, yeah, no. Quato, you know, three of his four starts since returning from the DL have been pretty good. I'm going to count this among that. So, um, I'm not saying he's must start, but I trust him more than a lot of these pitchers we've named in either of the last two groups that take him over Sabathia, Leak, Giolito, etc. Okay. So Cueto pitched Tuesday, so it looks like he's he could be a two-start guy next week with the Diamondbacks on the road and San Diego at home. Uh Dan Straley. So look, he was he was really good. He delivered for you against the Mets. He was meh because he had four walks in five innings. But the runs, the strikeouts were good. 318 ERA at home, 519 ERA on the road. Starter sit Dan Straley at Arizona this weekend. This weekend, yeah, no. No, not not at Arizona. Not with those splits, not in that park. No. Tyler Skaggs was meh. Uh he looked two runs against Cleveland, that's good, but eight hits and five and a third and only one strikeout. Yeah. After fourteen strikeouts in the previous two, which he credited to finding his two seam grip. Uh, and it seemed like something that maybe could allow him to take off. He was highly available going into this week, so I had him as a two-start sleeper. And it wasn't a disaster. It was, it was meh. Yeah, it was meh. But um, it doesn't have me excited about a, the, the next start in the Daily League at Houston. Yeah, it could be at Houston. Or he might get at Chicago at the White Sox next week. These matchups, it's like, it's like Rocky and Bullwinkle. Remember how they'd give, like, Two potential episode titles for the next one. Never really saw Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. You thought your you thought your early '90s Simpsons reference was musty. <laughs> pulling out Rocky and Bullwinkle. I can't believe you don't remember. I gotta send you that clip. Bring back Sheriff Lobo. Luis Gohara is 13% owned, and he was meh. I mean, he actually was probably closer to bad. Six and a third innings, four runs on 11 hits, no walks, four strikeouts. It's two straight starts against the Nationals without allowing a walk. And his next start will either be against Philadelphia this weekend or at the Mets next week. So with that said, go hard. Would you trust him against the Phillies or the Mets? No. (laughs) (laughs) Like the upside, but as I said when he first got called up, just isn't going to have a chance to prove himself. And I don't think this start... Helped with that. Although it was nice to see no walks for a second straight. Yeah. All right. Luis Gohara avoid. The bad from the last two days. Patrick Corbin. Uh, we're fine with him, right? Just one bad, one little rough start. Against the Padres, but. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. 
<laughs> how many other ways Godley can you was say? bad against the Padres yesterday, too. So he, and you he know was. how I feel about Zach Godley. You know, I must be wrong about something here. What's the matter with me? Um, Johnny Cueto, who was his start against? It was oh, a, did you say his was against the Padres? I did. It was against the Rockies. Yeah. You were Rockies. wrong about that. All right. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ugly, Dylan Bundy. So his last three starts have been four innings, five runs on five days rest. Then six innings, one run on seven days rest. Then four and a third, six, six runs on five days rest. So Dylan Bundy will either face Tampa Bay on regular rest this weekend or Pittsburgh next week. It's a fine theory. It might be coincidence. He's 60 innings over last year's total, which I believe was also his career high. And yet for <laughs> some reason the Orioles aren't shutting him down. It's, uh, I would, you know, I understand Bundy owners in 2017. Well, with the way he's pitching lately, maybe they don't care either. I think you need to shut Bundy down. I think the Orioles front office needs to have a long talk with Mr. Showalter. Show him what's up. Yeah. Dylan Dundee. More, mm-hmm. more like, right? Yeah. Jose Barrios, another bad road start. Four walks, three runs at the Yankees on Tuesday, and now he's at Detroit this week. This is another Stakes one. This is on an even road. more egregious case. And I understand the Twins are likely headed for the playoffs, at least one game of the playoffs. And um I wouldn't say that. You know, I wouldn't so, say they're likely. So they, they may be very reluctant to shut Barrios down, but Barrios admitted before this start that he's getting tired. Wow. And Paul Molitor said after this start that it looked like he was putting extra effort into his pitches. That seems like a recipe for an injury, right? Yeah, come on, sit him down. Sit him. Sit him, twins, and sit him, fantasy owners. Doug Fister, two dreadful starts in a row at Cincinnati this weekend. Doug Fister. No, done with him. It was fun. There was a flirtation there, but... Didn't go beyond that. It was totes adorbs. All right, let me get a couple of Scott White bold predictions out of the 30 that he wrote last month. Number one, Joey Gallo spends half the season retooling his swing in the minors. Yeah. Yeah. Joey Gallo is as all or nothing as we've may- maybe ever seen in the majors. <laughs> and what I mean by that is he is an outlier in terms of Fly ball percentage and an outlier in terms of contact. His BABIP is in the 220 range. And yet with as often as he puts the ball in the air, it, it's not like it's a sign of bad luck. Like he is legitimately a 220 BABIP guy. And with as much as he strikes out, um, you know, you, you take a 220 BABIP batting average on balls in play, and then all those balls he's not putting in play, the floor is very, 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 very low for Joey Gallo. Now, if he homers like he did this year, you know, those are those are BABIP independent hits, and he, he ends up being okay. But I'm saying if he gets off to a slow start with the power or if he just if he's just not able to sustain, sustain that for whatever reason, then there's no reason for him to be in the Rangers lineup or even in the majors because it'll be ugly. And Gallo seems like the kind of guy who's going to be streaky like he was this year. When he got hot, he was incredible, but he got dropped before that, you know? People were fed up with with Joey Gallo. He got off to a great start. Scott, you kept calling it. You weren't buying it. You weren't buying it. He slumped for a long time. And then I think people people dropped him. Not everybody, but people got fed up. 
and uh, yeah. Gallo came back, got hot again. So it's it's a frustrating type of player to own. He's I, like an exaggerated that, Chris Davis. I buy that he's what he's been. It's just I I feel like the worst case scenario is very bad, and with all the streakiness, like you said, um, it could he could just be a victim of timing. As we saw, Chris Carter was. I, I think he's basically the second coming of Chris Carter, except right. yeah. the the batted ball data makes it even less likely that he's going to break out of that and become something more. And the second bowl prediction I wanted to talk about was Luis Castillo is the next Luis Severino. Finally, mm-hmm. ho Severino, but Luis Castillo is the next Luis Severino, and Castillo's been shut down, uh, but. Pitched great this year. Had a really good year. Um, yeah. So yeah, take it away. Yeah, I'm. I think he's going to be in my top 36 next year, even though um, obviously he isn't proven in terms of durability and in innings. I, I I I thought it was incredible what he did just at face value um, against some really good teams too. What he piling up the swinging strikes, the strikeouts. And the thing is, we didn't see the best of Luis Castillo because he was an incredible control pitcher at double A before getting called up. Yeah, he skipped triple A on top of everything else. Um, and, and he had issues with walks, especially early on. And then by the time those started to dwindle, uh, you know, he, he was facing some fatigue issues. So uh, at, you, you look at Castillo's numbers at face value and you say, okay, this guy looks like a breakout candidate, somebody who, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to target in the first third of my draft, but I'm saying there's upside even beyond those numbers because, um, basically because the walks were high early on. All right. But you know, what's interesting is that Luis Castillo is the next Luis Severino. Well, let's not forget Luis Severino as a rookie, 62 and a third innings. Uh, Castillo's thrown 89 and a third this year. And Severino had a 2.89 ERA, 3.2 walks, 8.1 strikeouts, compared to 3.2 walks, 9.9 strikeouts, and a slightly higher ERA. Castillo was better than Severino, uh, but both were really good and really promising. Uh, yeah. And then 2016 happened for Severino. He had a 5.83 ERA, and as a starter, I think he had an ERA like over eight as a starter. It was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, the big difference for Severino this year is the third pitch. The changeup's been good, and the, fast, the command has been a lot better, and the changeup has been really good. I do like, There's, Scott, that Castillo has, seems to have a three-pitch arsenal already. I don't know how good it is. but Well, the changeup is phenomenal. He's farther along than Severino was in yeah. terms of arsenal at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously I was playing off the fact that they had the same last name, but I think the ultimate profile is very similar. Severino's out pitch is more the slider than the changeup, and Castillo's is more the changeup than the slider. But they had uh, similar strikeout-to-walk ratios in the minors, um, and uh, I, I, they, they, they throw similar velocity, similar upside. And Severino, I mean, I, I feel like we almost haven't, Given his 2017, it's it's due because the Cy Young winners for each league, or at least the the two or three in that conversation, are so obvious. But I just started ranking starting pitchers for 2018 uh, before we started this podcast. Right now, I'm looking at Luis Severino sixth. I don't think I'm going to have him on any fantasy teams. 
Because, really? yeah, I'm just, I'm terrified about the innings. Terrified. Especially if they make a postseason run. Like, like I said, I've said this before. If I were an owner of Luis Severino in a keeper league, I'd be rooting like hell for them to lose that first wild card game. No, that's fair. I mean, obviously I'm, I don't have the luxury of knowing how far the Yankees are going to advance at this point. If, uh, if they do make a lengthy run and he puts another, I don't know, 30, 40 innings, um, yeah, it's 40 innings, and that 40 innings would probably be more than is reasonable to expect. But, um, yeah, that that would be an issue. That would be something that might drop him out of the top 10. It's not really. I mean, he's got potentially three regular season starts left. I think it'll be more. I think it'll be two. And then if they get to, let's say, the ALCS, mm. five starts, six starts? Yeah, I wasn't counting the regular season starts still left. I was just... Adding up how many playoff innings he might give. I think 30 to 36 innings is pretty, I would say, you know, not realistic because I don't think the Yankees are going to the ALCS, but it could definitely happen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's, it's a little scary to me, but he's good. He's really good. I would love to see him get a fourth pitch. I know you don't really need it, but like, I wonder how many like true right-handed aces have only three pitches. That's something I would like to, uh, explore. Yeah, right now he's not so bad in turn. He's 23 over his previous career high in innings. So I think, you know, if it's really just three starts, two regular season and the wild card game, let's say, I don't, I don't think innings are going to be a major concern for him going into next year. If it's, right. If it just ends at the wild card game, I yeah. probably would, would back off a bit. Yeah. But it, the body type scares me a little bit too. He's kind of tall and slender. So is Castillo. I think Severino probably has a little, little bit more girth on him than I'm giving him credit for, but. Uh, all right, Scott, let's take a look at today's games. Start Severino against the Twins 50 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, what's the score? 0-0. Zero, zero. All right, yes. All right, it's 0-0 zero, zero through two innings. Would you, would you, if I have said you can retroactively start Bartolo Colon, he's pitched two scoreless innings. Would you I do it? I still want to do it. I still want to do it. <laughs> okay. It's an I, interesting hypothetical. Though. Yeah, it's fun. All right, let's go to the night games. Alex Wood at Jake Thompson. Uh-huh. Yeah, start I'd Wood. start Alex Wood. Yeah, sure. No, Thompson. Uh, I don't know who Aaron Wilkerson is, but he's pitching for the Brewers against Stephen Brault. Good, good minor league numbers the last two years. Actually came over from the Red Sox in the Aaron Hill trade last season. 28-year-old who pitched in the independent league. Very interesting, but I wouldn't expect him to pitch particularly deep. So sit Wilkerson and, um, and Brault. sit Brault as well. Jake Junis, Brett Anderson, Royals at Blue Jays. I'm okay going Junis there. Chris Sale, Wade Miley. I don't have to answer that one. Uh, John Lester at Blake Snell. Yeah, Lester I'm okay with. Um, Snell... Seems kind of risky. I'd lean against that, but if you're dying for another start, you could do worse. The Cubs have won blank games in a row. Let's see how your current events are. Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. I tuned out after. Winning winning streaks don't matter after what the Indians did. They've won <laughs> four in a row? Uh, they've won seven in a row, the Cubs. Oh, okay. Much better. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm sorry. You said sit Snell? For most cases, yes, but he's not. If you need an extra start, he's not bad. Okay, uh, we got Luke Weaver and Rookie Davis. Start Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver. 
<laughs> and That's Sit yes. Davis. Sit Davis. Absolutely no to rookie Davis. Start Gio Gonzalez. Sit Lucas Sims. Sit James Shields. Start Brad Peacock. Who needs Scott White? Start Robbie Ray. And I'll ask Scott, start or sit Denelson Lamette? Well, what were you thinking? Start. You don't need me. Josh Tomlin at Ricky Nolasco. Yes. Start Tomlin, sit in Alaska. No, you don't start either of those knuckleheads. Okay. Um, uh, this is interesting. Andrew Kashner at Felix Hernandez. Felix was okay in his return from the DL, but I think it was like, what, three and two-thirds innings? So mm-hmm. not able to tell much from that. Oh, just off memory, three and two-thirds. Look at that. I'm going to say no to both of them, both Kashner and Felix. I love how Kasher had one bad start in like the last two months, and you're like, see? Came crashing down. <laughs> Cashing down. It was the most recent, though. It's more to come. <laughs> more to come. Uh, let me read emails first, and if we have time, we'll, um, we'll, uh, look at Thursday's games. But I think it's more important to answer our listener questions. <sighs> Beginning with David Hartman. Should I drop Gallo for Olsen? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Olsen's superior to Gallo. Uh, this is from Matt. I need a hitter for the rest of the week. Which of these four would you go with? Jorge Polanco at Detroit. Delino mm-hmm. DeShields at Seattle. Manuel Margot against the Rockies. Jamer Candelario against the Twins. And all five offensive categories are of equal importance. Jorge Polanco, DeShields, Margot, or Candelario? Oh, man. I'm going to say Candelario. All right. Jamer Hramer. From Scott. Kashner, Chatwood, Mengden, Brault, Anibal, Sanchez. Would you pick any of them up? No. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. Don't like any of them. And how about on Thursday, Clayton Richard or Tyler Anderson? I think those teams are facing each other. Man, he is scraping the bottom of the barrel here. I I think they're all negative plays, so I'm going to say no. Gary in New York. Hey, real quick, Weaver or Paxton for 2018? Yeah, I I need to look at this more closely because I have a feeling it's going to be closer than my initial gut reaction tells me. But um, I'm going to say Paxton. Weaver's been awesome, though. Um, wouldn't it surprise me if he, like Castillo, ends up in my top 36 for next year? This is from Justin in Illinois. 16-team categories league with uh, quality starts. Pick one to keep, Scott. Darvish, Archer, or Godley? For next year? Yeah. Uh, Darvish. Yeah, still gotta go with him. And, yeah, mostly keeper questions. Rob Campbell, Hoskins or Cespedes next year? Who to keep? Hoskins. Yeah, Hoskins. Fantasy baseball, pick three outfielders. Hoskins, by the way, I've ranked these two positions now up to a point. I have him seventh at first base and ninth in outfield, so. We're going to be drafting pretty early. All right, pick three outfielders from this, Scott. Five by five with walks. Bellinger, Pham, 
I, I think, I don't know if this is keeper or this is right now. It says start three. Oh, start three. Okay. Bellinger. Yeah, start six question. Bellinger, Fam, W hit Merrifield, Hoskins, and Rosario. Good Woo! grief. Man. These are all must starts in most cases. Even Rosario, who I know is still quite a bit available. But Hoskins is you're like. You're forcing me to pick only three. Bellinger, Hoskins, and. Uh, probably fam. I'm still a little worried about the vision issue, but he's been good lately, so I'll, we'll say fam. And last one. Uh, in a modified head-to-head points league where strikeouts do not count against you, would you drop Christian Yelich for Nick Castellanos? I don't think so. Um, Yelich has been awfully good in the second half as well. Might depend on what the matchups ahead look like. I know the Tigers had good matchups this week. Um, I, I think I'd, I think I'd lean toward keeping Yelich. Also, keep an eye on if Yelich is playing every day, because I think Don Mattingly said that he rode those three outfielders like a lot this year and wanted to give them some rests. And I've been sort of noticing. I'm going to look up their their lineup. He so, has given Yelich a couple days off in the last week. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. A, yeah, and uh, maybe Ozuna too, and even Stanton. Stanton's chasing history ish. He's got 55 home run <laughs> history ish. So they should play him. <laughs> He's sort of chasing history. Yeah, non tainted. Because history. everybody knows it's not actually a record anymore. Um. Yeah, all three of them have sat twice in the last week. Yeah, so that's something to keep an eye on over the weekend. Um, all right, let me see what we can do about Thursday's games real quick. Michael Waka, Ivan Nova. Neither. Alex Cobb, Jeremy Hellickson. Uh, let's, let's start Cobb. Tanaka at Estrada. Mm, definitely Tanaka. I'm gonna lean no on Estrada with that matchup. Kyle Gibson at Daniel Norris. Um, Gibson? This is Thursday's games we're talking about? Yeah. Oh, no, these are Friday's games. Yeah. Crap. Yeah. Good sorry. thing I pulled them open here. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We really want to look ahead. Um, alright, let me find the iffy one. Jay Happ against the Royals on Friday. Happ is good, yeah. Happ is good. Is a go. Uh, Roark. Not necessarily good, but he's a go. Roark at the Braves. Must start, right? Yep. Zach Davies against the Cubs. I don't think so. Da- uh, Dallas Keuchel, you're all right with him against the White Sox? Mm-hmm. Cole Hamels at James Paxton. Both sees. Really? Yep. And Tim Anderson at, or Tyler Anderson at Clayton Richard. No thanks. I'm rethinking Paxton. I may not do Paxton. That last start. It's first off the DL without a real rehab assignment was pretty rocky. Might need to see if a little bit better before I trust him again. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. We're done here. We're back on Friday. Talk to you then.